Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. What? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unfilter 92, a.k.a. the Unfilter Supporter Show. No, no. You they can't. are one and the same this week. Wait, wait, wait. This is this is a combined show we this week? We are crossing the streams, yes. As the studio work continues, um, we, we decided, well, you know, we're going to we, we always do a supporter show. Right. So today, as a special 92, we're giving the normal people out there. The regulars, as the it were. The regulars, as it were. We're doing a hybrid show. So not only it's a very casual feeling unfiltered today, but we're going to break down some of the top stuff. Yeah, we're going to give you updates. So uh, if you're not familiar, like the majority of you wouldn't be, the Unfiltered Supporters Show is almost like a second show every week that we do. And uh, this week... Well, we talk about the Supporter Show as a perk. Yeah. When you become a supporter... You get a second... Uh, you basically get a second show. You get a second show. So yeah. today we're giving the, 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 the regular listener... A taste. A, a taste, taste of what the Supporter Show is all about. Um... So uh, I wanted to uh, start with uh, a, a special call out to Soma FM. They'll be providing the music for this week's episode. Nice. And they are uh, they are trying to raise quite a bit of money right now. So we'll have links in the show notes if you scroll down towards the bottom. Soma FM is listener supported. Yeah, what is commercial Soma free FM? internet radio? It's like some of the best stuff out there for working to, uh, exercising to. Coding, uh, whatever you might do be doing, have, gaming. So, so, what we're listening to right now is this live? Yeah, Soma FM? yep, yep, yep. And do they have different types of lots, music? Lots. This is their secret agent channel, and they're trying to raise twenty seven thousand dollars this month to pay for the bills. Uh, they got twenty one days to raise twenty seven thousand dollars, and you can go to somafm.com slash support. How long have they been doing this? Years. Wow. Yeah, I, I've never heard of them. They're this awesome. Is great. Yeah, they're awesome. So, as is tradition. Uh, tradition on this supporter show. We play a little music while we chat, and yep. uh, we should start with open with a little story. I uh, just finished up the uh, the studio. Yep. Um, our new, uh, our soon to be home of our new digs, JB One. We're calling it. That's what we're calling it, Chase. And I started that. That's me. That's all me. That is. That is all you. That is all. That me. is true. So uh, if you want to see it, I'll. If you're watching the video version, I'll put it up. Oh, on wait the a video. minute, Chris. Chris, people may not care about what the studio looks like because this is an audio show. I'm putting well, I'm putting it in the video right now. Well I know, but I mean is is something gonna change? Instagram.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. Is oh, something sure. gonna change sure. in the future? What do you mean? I mean is Oh this show? Yeah. Oh I don't know if we're ready to talk about that. No, all right, fair yeah. enough. I won't talk about it. Well you know, because I think we gotta set a goal and we gotta reach that goal first before we can afford to do it. But I think we've probably hinted enough. Well I gotta make a phone call. Because, you know, a lot of people, by the way, supporters, you know, and, and all of you uh, who have submitted ideas for episode 100, which is eight episodes away, I came up with an idea. Down at uh, downtown Seattle, they're doing this uh, Tools of Spying oh, and yeah. Crime exhibit uh, downtown. And I thought it would be great to do Unfilter 100 on location. Yes. Where not only, yeah, we give history of Unfilter and what's going on, but... Kind of give history about what's we should what hook that up. Is. Yeah, we should we should get it figured out. Yeah, because we should we we got you know but we, we got also got a lot of things going on yeah. too. Another or another we're, we're at ninety two, so we got a few weeks. Yeah, we got eight weeks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I, I wanted to start with uh, since we're since we're putting this out for the regulars too. I thought we should probably start with our traditional sort of structure, and that would be maybe a little NSA coverage at the top. There's been some developments, uh, specifically Edward Snowden made the rounds. Um, and we're going to get to that over in a Google second. Hangouts. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't tell. You know, I couldn't tell what the uh, what the connection type was. But there was one story that disappointed me because it was a thread we were following where there was going to be a Supreme Court challenge to some of the NSA monitoring 
And the Supreme Court has kind of decided, you know what, we don't need to get to that right now. Oh, hold on. Well, I thought it was the reason. one of the reasons why they kicked it out was because it just hasn't gone through a lot of the traditional... Oh, jeez, maybe. We'll see. We'll find out. This yeah. clip may answer that question. All right. And we should mention, too, well, no. It's just on the supporter show, sometimes we play longer clips. This isn't one of them. But it does happen sometimes. Yeah, we no, we uh, we we let things go a little bit longer just because we give more context. We unbutton our pants. We enjoy it. Well, the Supreme Court this week declined an expedited hearing of a constitutional challenge to the National Security Agency's bulk collection of American telephone records. And that means the dispute will have to work its way through the typical lower court process. Back in December of last year, conservative lawyer Larry Clayman had persuaded a federal judge to rule that the agency's activities likely violated the Constitution's ban on unreasonable searches. However, the judge in Washington, D.C. had to put his decision on hold pending a government appeal. And while Clayman was seeking to bypass that appeals process, Supreme Court justices rejected his long-shot request to hear the case immediately. Because of that decision, it could likely take several months before the justices consider any legal challenge to the controversial collection program. But keep in mind, Clayman's lawsuit is just one of two dueling NSA cases currently winding their way through the federal appeals system. You called it, Chase. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know what? And th- I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, the problem no. is, is it puts it out till like 2000, like some people are estimating 2017. But it's still, there's a due process. And, the, and, and well, name the last case. I mean, uh, Hill Dog's first term. They have to oh, deal with that. Good. Yeah, come on, man. You, 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 I think don't. You didn't even put that in the red book. You just said that's a that's a lot. I might have like oh, actually a while back. You might have. Okay. I might. I think I might have actually like. But it's been so long ago. Like I think it was like June of last year. I put it in there. <laughs> it's a lock. Hill Dog is in. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I got a couple of Hill Dog qu- clips. We should probably play those. Uh, so Hill Dog uh, talking about uh, running as president, right? Right. Lagarde, the uh, she runs the uh, Inter- International Monetary Fund right now. She is potentially lined up to run for president in the EU, and the two would be in at, in power at the same time. This morning, the woman who used to run the State Department, Hillary Clinton, remains uncommitted on a possible run for the White House, but she raised some sure. eyebrows last night. Clinton spoke at the annual Women in the World Summit in New York, along with IMF chief. Christine Lagarde. One of the highlights, their reaction when moderator Thomas Friedman of the New York Times suggested that Lagarde would one day lead the European Union and Clinton could become president of the United States. It needs new leadership. Christine Lagarde can be the change. And they both, like Hillary and Lagarde, just they, they kind of squirm a little bit and they start to smile and they look at each other. President of the... <laughs> President of the European Commission, which would be very interesting if uh, you're the president of Europe and the president. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that laugh? I, actually, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't consider it a laugh. Uh, you're the president of Europe and the president. Of the- <laughs> it sounds more like a cackle. <laughs> Do they both be running the world together? What? Running the world, what? the new world order. What does, what does? I mean, what does Bill feel about this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> I've been trying to 
<laughs> I've been... uh, the president of Europe and the president of the United States. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like one of those fake laughs. Like like it's a forced laugh. Because, like, <laughs> because she's, she's not stupid. This has crossed her mind. Obviously, they've thought about this. It was interesting to see that reaction about women ruling the world. What? Did they just loop it in the background again? Wait, so we loop it, and then they loop it. The two of them together. Yeah, but it was a great moment between... To to see two powerhouse women, I think, is always very exciting. But I always wait to see how they're going to ask the 2016 presidential question. I feel that every day. (laughs) Two powerhouse women. I was was fascinated, too, by listening to Hillary... Thank you, Charlie. (laughs) I, I was fascinated, too, by listening to Hillary Clinton almost begin to lay out the rationale for a presidential campaign right. last night, which is the need to stress compromise. Not and talking only pol- with people you disagree with. Talking yeah. with people you disagree with. And number two, fact-based and evidence-based decision-making, which in this era of hyper-partisanship, I think is going to be an argument that she weaves into a potential mm. presidential run. Why? You know, people are waiting for her to sort of lay out a narrative of what she would do if she was president. That's exactly. right. Exactly. And exactly. she has a new book coming out, so we can oh. all about it, what Hillary's <laughs> thinking. I can't wait. Wait, so that was the reporter plugging her book? Yeah, that was uh, that was Oprah's buddy. Oh, oh, what's her name? Oh, yeah, that's I'm right. I'm on it, too. Yeah. Not Gwen, is it? Is uh, no, it no, no. It starts with an L. Uh, oh, gosh. But I know what you mean, though. It's like, first off, I would never vote for her for president. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Chase. I wouldn't. I voted for her husband. I did. But honestly, why Why are we... It feels like that's a like we're going back to old. And not necessarily as her age. We're just going back to an old idea of politics. It's like, all right, her husband was the president. Now she needs to be president too. Mm-hmm. What kind of she's in the, she's she in made? the Watergate club? She actually was involved in the Watergate investigation. Wow. She got kicked out for ethics violations. Wow. I believe I could be I could be I remember that incorrectly. Uh, so Snowden uh, was uh, he made uh, I don't know if this was a special session. But he made an appearance and talked about the NSA spying on human rights groups. This clip will go into some of the details for us. NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden suggests the government has spied on leading human rights groups inside the United States. Appearing by video link before the Council of Europe, Snowden said the NSA has targeted either leaders or staff members of civil and non-governmental organizations within U.S. borders. Snowden did not specify which groups, but asked whether they include Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch. He replied, yes, absolutely. In his comments to European lawmakers, Snowden urged international action to rein in mass surveillance. The screening of trillions, and I mean that literally, trillions, of private communications for the vaguest indications of association or some other nebulous pre-criminal activity is a violation of the human right to be free from unwarranted interference, to be secure in our communications and our private affairs, and it must be addressed. And uh, the uh, they had to release a statement saying, well, look, we, we're having Snowden in to talk about these things because he has an important testimony to give. And they almost had to, it felt very interesting. Like it felt like they had to justify having him there uh, over video link. So remember when I said I felt like I made the prediction a while ago? I made the prediction. I pulled I pulled it up in the red book. Episode 68. I said, Hill Dog 2016. You did. I said she'll make some changes to the health care law. <laughs> but she won't repeal it or anything like that. Right. That was episode 68, according to the Red Book, Chase. I'm just... I'm just... I don't know. I, I just look at someone's previous qualifications, 
And I, I Secretary believe, of State, First Lady. But she was Secretary of State because she didn't get Senator. the because she didn't get the nomination. Right. And I feel like she was only senator because she wanted to be right. a president. Of course. You know, but you could also uh, say the same thing about Hello everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I I don't know. I just maybe maybe the whole guise of politics has really turned me off for the past couple of few years obviously in doing this show and seeing how fewer and fewer politicians in general feel like they don't care about us it's all about getting reelected it's all about making sure that they stay employed and doing what they're doing the business of corruption is and were. then you know they'll they'll go ahead and take the uh, the big uh, lobbies and I don't know. Money. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And this is this is this money situation is uh, just getting worse because uh, since our last show, the Supreme Court has abolished uh, certain types of campaign contribution limits. Federal election laws have taken another blow this time from the Supreme Court. It decided today to eliminate previous limits set on the total amount of cash individuals are allowed to donate to candidates, political campaigns, and political action committees. It was a 5-4 ruling with conservative justices finding that limits on contributions intrude without justification on a citizen's ability to express the most fundamental First Amendment activities. In dissent, Justice Stephen Breyer said the majority opinion will have the effect of creating huge loopholes in the law, and that undermines, perhaps devastates, what remains of campaign finance reform. The ruling removes the cap on contributions, which was set at $123,200 for 2013 and 2014. It does leave intact the limits on individual contributions for each presidential or congressional candidate, which is currently $2,600 per election cycle. Mixed public reaction followed today's decision, with those in support applauding the court for respecting the constitutional rights of individuals to decide how many candidates to support in a given election. Others contend that the court has recreated a system of legalized bribery today that existed during the Watergate days. And with November's congressional midterm elections right around the corner, in November we could see some very richly run campaigns. I would say this. I don't think it's a bad thing. (laughs) What, dude? One rich wait, mofo wait, can buy as many wait. politicians as he wants now. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, though? That's okay. You know why? Because whenever you make a, a campaign finance donation or whatever, that is a matter of public record, correct? Even it, even though they've lifted those limits. Yeah, but the problem is you can. Been, there's ways you can funnel it so that way you, people can't. Well, I know in the past we've been able to see, for example, in the major pro, uh, prostitution. Uh, propositions. Heyo, Chase. Heyo. Uh, propositions that have happened in our state, we'd, we've been able to see, you know, who was funneling into Like the what? GMO labeling. Like the GMO labeling, you know. So it's one of those situations we're fine. Then we can truly see who is buying our politicians and then affect change on that, meaning either we don't support those organizations, if we don't agree with what they're doing, I think this cetera, is some cognitive dissonance you're experiencing here, Chase, because... Uh, uh, the, the the the, I don't. I mean, I can see the logic in what you're what you're throwing down, but I think the primary uh, sort of thing you have to consider is that you are expecting the public to actually take notice on who's contributing money to what. You know, they're not going to do that. So, so they weren't doing it before. I mean, if if they were already hiding their donations before, 
through now they can just do but now the difference is they can do it to more politicians right that's one of the big differences so then what we need to inherently do is just change the actual system well yeah or just take some i mean because because here's what it's a very tricky thing to 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 legislate because it because you know what uh based on uh, based let me say this on the basis of if if they were going off of the constitution which is what the supreme court is i don't know supposed to be doing and by saying there is a limit on the amount of money that you can spend towards speech and if we are in uh, traditional views of the constitution we have to agree with this so I linked a book at the top of the right? show notes called Republic Lost, How Money Corrupts Congress and a Plan to Stop It uh, from Lawrence Lessig. I put it in there. I thought it was a pretty interesting read. Yeah. And, and it I, talks about how money is really effing things I'm up. Not, I'm not saying, let me, I want to be abundantly clear. I'm not saying that, you know, the rich, <laughs> believe me, I'm not saying that they're not being influential and they're not trying to buy elections and they're right. not trying to bribe politicians and I'm putting that in quotation marks because we know it's not true that they're not really bribing Chris, right? I can't say that. No, no, no it's no, legalized, no, so no, it's not bribing. Right. No, it's not. Le- yeah, but I think that based on the decision, there shouldn't be any restrictions upon on on that speech. You know, you know, just like in what we do, there shouldn't be restrictions on what we we say or do. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I understand. I mean, I understand it's bad. I suppose if yeah, it's it's one of those things where if, if you don't have a publicly funded election, it sort of all bets are off on what those limits should be around. Now, what I think, I don't know if I agree that money equals speech either. Well, with the way things are today, if for example, if we didn't have great contributions from from our supporters, it'd be very difficult for us to continue to do the show because those funds help us keep us keep this going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I see the I see the line you're drawing there. So essentially, so essentially, that's that's what the Congress critters and and the well, for someone who say, for example, running for Congress, and no one knows who you are, the w- the way to get yourself noticed is through advertising, through traditional marketing techniques, where you get your name and your image out there, and what that requires is ads. It requires getting on social media. Doesn't it, requires, it, just, doesn't it, it seem dirty to have such a huge industry around the election system? Definitely. I agree. Yeah. I totally think it's dirty. I, I think the way to change it is maybe change the rules where, for example, if you're going to run for a public office that that everybody has to pull from uh, maybe this is what the campaign, campaign finance reform was. I'm not sure. But maybe have a way where, alright, fine. Yeah, Everybody has to follow the same rules, meaning you can't pull from this or th- I don't know if there's a way of doing that. Yeah, not without major changes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think there really needs to be if you're running for public office, you agree to be a part of these said rules. You are going you, you're you're supposed to be serving the public trust, right? You're supposed to be serving the public. So therefore, the uh you maybe they should just abolish uh, campaign uh, advertisements. <laughs> yeah, right. That'll be the day. <laughs> but you know, I mean, there's got to be ways to change things. Feels like an old system, to be honest. Oh, it's a very old system. See, just like I just wish we could replace it. I I, I have such a technological, like I have like almost an engineer's perspective. Where I mean, it's like, maybe, I just want to invent a new system and use that. Maybe fate has it right. You know, in the chat room, you know, a set amount of public funds. Where, all right, if you're running for president, you get yeah, you can have up to X yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Maybe that, I mean, and, and I know they they capped it on individual contributions. Yeah. I say don't cap the contributions. Basically, what you do is fine. 
you have uh, basically you have politicians who have to decree are right, I'm democratic or I'm republican or I'm independent fine then what happens you you have this pot you know the democratic national party or the republic you have this pot and you, they can contribute to this pot as much as they want they can a limited amount they can contribute as much as they want but for that particular person there's a limit so you see how for like, that position. these corporations buy these politicians so that way they structure the laws and the system so that, that way they can st- get more money so that way they can buy more politicians it's it is definitely a cycle that needs to end and i think um if if maybe if you can't maybe ending this maybe right now this is in our generation our lifetime we're not going to get away from this but if we could improve the disclosure process the transparency around it yeah so we knew more like what you're saying who's contributing how much money what that's you follow the money if you could follow the money more yeah then i feel like at least we'd have a better handle as a public. And we have all of these tools now to data mine this stuff, to display it to the people. Uh, that would be, maybe that's a change we could push forward and see. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's it's a very complicated process because it's also complicated by the fact of how our government structure is even set up in the first place. We have a government? Well, we do, yes. Oh. You know, I was kind of daydreaming earlier today. I was thinking, you know, it'd be interesting to have a segment on the show where things that government is doing good. Or correct. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, here's things that are going right. Right. Your money wasn't wasted. That could be the segment <laughs> title. <laughs> Some of your money yeah. wasn't wasted. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting... Did you see this Kevin thing. Rose's A Parasite stuff? I have. Uh, yeah. yeah, they, they want to create themselves like an anarchist... The people who are doing it want to create like an anarchist paradise, where they pay for the housing and all that kind of stuff. I I, it, I didn't read the whole thing because it was all very brief, and but it just seems like something... I. I have a little anarchist paradise to share with you. I want to say thank you to some Unfiltered supporters. Yes, please. Who, who've hooked us up. Uh, so we're trying to make this show essentially financed by the audience. That way we're only responsible to the audience. And the only people that we need to report to are our supporters. That's why we're here doing the show this week. I was out all day today stapling uh, sound insulation to the ceiling. Yeah. And that's because why we don't have a full show today. Yeah, because, you know, we are on the road to becoming independent. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying to build out a new studio to give us more sort of runway to build out some of the shows and make them even better than they and, already and are. And make new shows. And make whole, entirely new shows. Uh, but the Unfilter show, because it is the show out of all of our lineup that takes the most time from me, uh, it has suffered some of the most. Uh, Cybite's also missed a couple of episodes. So that's kind of been a bummer. Uh, so that's why we're doing this style show today. But it is because of those supporters that we are here in front of the microphone, still following the news, still playing through these clips, still giving you stuff to think about and talk about. So I wanted to say thank you to our Unfiltered supporters this week. Uh, Charles R., Tom F., Daniel G., Calicida, Media Productions, Callie, da- Callie Dalsala? I'm not quite sure on that, Chase. Okay. Callie, hold on. Cal- Callie Dacia. Caldacia. 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 Sounds delicious. Caladacia. Uh Lotus Ware of North America, Wes M and Edward R all now, w- became w- unfiltered. Wait a supporters. minute, Chris, those are companies. Well, you know what it is like if you know like when you put like if you put Geek Gamer on your PayPal account? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So but that's what they go in there as. Okay. Uh, and those are those those fine folks, along with all their other supporters, brought us to a total of three hundred and seventy five unfiltered supporters. Three hundred and seventy five. Now, what Chase was alluding to earlier in the show is we are Building this new studio, we are, we are doing and something. New special. capabilities will be upon us. Yeah, and there has been some talk 
about adding a video component to this show. It's a, it's, there's been some chatter. As Wait, as, as Snowden would say, there's some chatter. Yeah, maybe trillions of chatter messages that have been picked up, and he's not exaggerating. Yeah. Trillions. Trillions. Uh, and uh, if we were to do something like that, the unfiltered supporters would be the first to benefit from yeah, something like yeah. that. We, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, we, we've talked about, and, and I know it's been a, uh, a common story here on this show where I have been, you know, unemployed. What? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if I just, you know, one day, you know, Chris could say, you know, Chase, I'm hiring you. That's it. It's Chase, done. you are hired. I'm, you, you are. You're, if you'll work for free. <laughs> if, if you, <laughs> and you don't wear any pants. No, um, you're already not wearing pants, Chase. So I know. Well, don't put that on me. Hey, now. Don't put that but on no, me. But no, it's one of those things where, you know, if we do launch something new, we want to give it to you guys who actually help this show continue. Yep. Last week, there wasn't a regular unfiltered show, but we still did a... A great supporter show. Last week's supporter show was, was fantastic. Yep. And if you're a supporter, we have all of the clips, all of the source files for our shows available in a BitTorrent sync. So you sync. still get something special. You get everything, plus additional videos. Like there's an overtime folder with additional stuff we didn't cover, video versions of stuff. And yeah. and you get the supporter show with an RSS feed, the newsletter, and all that kind of stuff. So if you'd like to help us keep on going and maybe reach some new goals and introduce new things, I think if this show had video, we could have... I mean, that could be a serious offering. Yeah, like, and, and it could be definitely a different kind of style of show as well. You know, where, I think video would be sort of a big differentiator. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's other shows that, uh, you know, obviously we're not the only show that ever does these kind of topics. I mean, we've seen, and I know I might invoke some pain here by saying this, but the Young Turks, you know, they do they do video stuff. You know, you got Glenn Beck oh, yeah, who yep. does video stuff. Yep, yep. You know, and we, we're going to play clips from both of them today. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that do video and video can be very, very powerful because it provides context, you know. There you go. There you go. So uh, if you'd like to become an unfiltered supporter, go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com, click on the most recent unfiltered episode, and click that unfiltered supporters button. Then you'll get the newsletter, you get the show files, and you get the supporter show. And we really appreciate it very, very much. It really is sort of, I think, the best way to do a new show like this and a discussion show. I think just keeping the sponsors out of it means that we focus more on the topics, the news, and super serving the people who support this yeah, show. about you guys. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So Thanks. thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So I said we were going to play a clip from the Young Turks. Turks. Why don't we start with that? Uh, this is a mar- marijuana legalization clip. And the head of the DEA has said some really, really, really dumb things in the past, but they found, I think, an all-time dumb. Michelle Lenhart, who is the head of the DEA, was testifying in front of the House Appropriations Subcommittee, and it was a hearing on DEA funding, and she brought up the whole issue of marijuana legalization. Now, in both Colorado and Washington, uh, they have legalized marijuana for recreational use, and she sees this as a really, really big problem. Now, if I was having a discussion about uh, the DEA's uh, budget, it would be something like, what would we get if we just defunded you? How much money would we save? I think that's how (laughs) – because I – so I I could do a whole – maybe we will one day do a whole episode on all the horrible things the DEA has brought everybody every single day of their life. But anyways – I digress. Particularly for dog owners. She's really, really concerned that if these people have dogs, the dogs will be – Uh, exposed to the marijuana and they could die. So here's what she said. There was just an article last week and it was on pets. It was about the unanticipated or unexpected consequences of this and how veterinarians now are seeing dogs come in, their pets come in and being treated because they've been exposed to marijuana. Now what's kind of funny is in some of the actual very few studies that we've done here in the U.S. of marijuana and its effects on people, 
we've tested on dogs. That's actually what we've done the testing on. Um, and we've done some extensive testing in this area. So it's kind of interesting that she's actually picking on something that there's out of all the things we haven't studied marijuana in the U.S. on, this is actually one of them. To marijuana. Now, I find it a little questionable <laughs> that she's really, really worried about that. So first of all, should we ban chocolate? Because chocolate is extremely harmful to dogs, so maybe we should get rid of that. Yeah. And another thing you should take into consideration is that DEA agents that do these drug raids kill dogs willy-nilly just so they can capture someone um, in the process of doing something with marijuana, which is ridiculous. It's all, it is like so the, the DEA have you seen this have you have you seen this meme like it is so it is so well established now the DEA comes in they kill a dog they take all the stuff they auction it off they make a ton of money on the bust and 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 like they're she, they're sitting here veining problems about dogs. Meanwhile, they'll go into a place and they'll kill any dog that's in there. Although, yeah, and because, they'll take everything and yeah, sell it. Yeah, absolutely, right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it, the, the hypocrisy hey, hey, is because so- you know the war on drugs, Chris, is a very serious issue, and we need to treat this as a very serious issue. And I don't like the fact that you're playing a clip here, you're making fun of this I'm situation, sorry, and you're also doing the stupid show me the money thing. You know, I'm getting I'm sorry, really Chase. tired of it. I'm sorry, Chase. just continue the damn clip. I thought of that. That's a great. Because in this so-called uh, 2012 study, they found that two dogs who ate large amounts of marijuana infused butter, because butter is the real problem, not marijuana. <laughs> marijuana doesn't harm the dog, but it, it, it prevents him from throwing up the, butter, throw up the yeah. butter, right? And um, died uh, out of a sample of 125 dogs, okay, who had ingested the same thing. So two out of 125 is obviously less than 2%. What percentage of the time do the cops go in on a drug bust and shoot the dog first? So- My guess is like... I don't know, 12%? Let me, let me jump in with that. So I wanted to do research to see how many dogs were shot and killed in the oh, process really? of these drug raids. Because I'm curious. Like, if, if you're really worried about that, then you should definitely stop doing these raids. Apparently, cops are not forced to report on the number of pets that they've killed in the process of a raid. But uh, there is someone from the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals who's done a little bit of research, and he estimates that about 250 to 300 incidents a year occur. And he estimates that there are as many as 1,000 cases that are unreported. Wow. So, but, of course, the best part of this story is how desperate they are. Mm-hmm. Like, they've run out of excuses as to why marijuana is so dogs dangerous. Who have eaten, they're down to dogs who have eaten butter. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, 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 it's not even dogs that ate marijuana. It's dogs that ate a combination of right, marijuana, marijuana and, and butter. butter. And two out of 125 of those die. Well, that's why we've got and a ban the drugs. The shows this, yeah, this, these numbers that talk about the dogs juxtaposed to that. It's, that's great stuff. But why is, is this honestly the DEA getting desperate? I, is this, I think it is, actually. I mean, and then who within the organization goes, this is a great idea to, to push is this, this narrative? Is this a new version of Save the Children? Right? It can't be. I mean, I understand that, you know, hey, I have a dog that's dying of cancer right now. They could do like like if they could I up, I I'm a pet owner and so if they could t- they're pulling on your heart they're trying to pull on my yep. heartstrings yep but you know what f you seriously f u d e a wait <laughs> that's another acronym right the f u d e a no but this who who within that organization goes <laughs> this this is a great idea let me let's do this yeah I know let's well I do think this. she must have been on the spot or something and said something dumb <sighs> they should be. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know. I, I know, right? And and then it goes back to my whole thoughts about there are more pressing issues in the world I know. than this. And then they go to this. Yeah. I they know. this 
someone's feeding him this narrative. I, I just want to know who it is, and I want to ask them. No, what it's are you a whole doing? industry. The DEA has a whole industry to, to protect. You know what's interesting? And- My wife brought up earlier today about you know marijuana, and she's like, you know, do you think like big smoking companies are going to get involved in marijuana? Uh, production and selling and I'm like well no 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 right now as long as it's against federal law it's not going to happen and she goes well what if you know the feds lift uh, the legality of marijuana and make it legal do you do you think then they'll get involved I'm like yeah they probably will in huge amounts I guess there's some gigantic piece of really prime pot growing land in California that some major tobacco company owns is just waiting to pull the trigger on oh I yeah I've, I've heard that I don't know if it's true or not I mean, if, if they, this is what I, ne- I never understood about the whole fight against marijuana where, you know, you have tobacco and I don't smoke, you know, I, and I, I drink very occasionally. But, you know, we've, we've heard and we've seen the, the tragic, uh, you know, information about smoking, how it's so bad, lung cancer, the big labels on the sides of packs of cigarettes, yet that's still legal. <laughs> that right, is yeah. out there. That is regulated. Or alcohols. Or alcohol is another great thing, you know. Or and then we hear about government saying, you know, gambling is bad. We need to make online gambling bad. So, but we're going to allow exemptions for horse racing and I other think, things online. You know, I just don't understand. The hardest these thing to understand about government is that government is made up of of tons and tons of people who all have different agendas. Oh yeah. And, so the problem is, is you have people who want to uh, maybe make a little money, so they want to decriminalize. Some people who want to make money on the law enforcement side of things, so they want to keep it criminalized. You know, and it's this, it's this, and you have then you also have lobbyists from the tobacco industries and the alcohol industries. Yeah. I, I would guarantee you that the pharmaceutical and alcohol and those types of lobby groups are uh-huh. probably very much responsible for keeping cannabis illegal. Yeah. It is. It is interesting. But is it, is it also part conspiracy too? At the same time, I think it's interesting to watch it now at this phase where, like, the science is actually kind of overwhelming on the topic. Yeah, and the world opinion, not just like, not just like the 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 the, the blue states, but like the entire world opinion on the topic topic has changed. And yet there they are, still touting the line, worried about dogs. Well, freedom, freedoms. You know, he says in the chat room, or they, I don't know if he's he or she, but don't understand how lottery and bingo can be legal while online gambling is illegal. You know, it's like... No, it's Bitcoin of, makes that all... That solves that problem. No, but it's a great point. It's like, you know, you have these contradictions where, you know, if the government's getting their share, although bake it legal as much as they can, yeah, but why don't they just allow it? Now it's all these what weird you, things. Well, what are you a uh, some 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 kind of damn libertarian there, Chase? Or maybe you're a left wing conspiracy nut job, or maybe you're a right wing small government. I have no idea what the hell I am yeah. anymore. I know it's all it, well. You know what you are is you're just somebody who wants practical solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've I've gone through it many many times. You know where you know I I want to be left alone. I want to live my life, but at the at the same time, you know I understand. Why we have certain you know, laws and there, things in place. You know, I, just... I believe there are sometimes certain social issues that are used to sort of divide people more than they should. And Jump charge. Uh, we just yeah. watched something happen in the tech industry. You're talking about Mozilla. I'm talking you? about Mozilla. You were talking, I knew you were going there. Yeah. Yep. I haven't talked about any of the other shows. And um, it's really been something to watch because uh, I'm of split mind on this. But, you know, I got a clip of Glenn Beck here. And I got to tell you, after I hear Glenn Beck talk about this, I do a thought experiment with me when okay. you hear this clip. Every okay. time he's talking about homosexuals or gays, 
think of him substituting the N word in there or Negro. Like think about this as like when 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 the during the Black Civil Rights Movement. And think of like an old radio host who is firmly like maybe for white power or whatever you want. Okay. Like and just do a little like substitution. And here, if what he's saying doesn't sound so horribly dated, and if this clip doesn't sound like something they'll play in fifty years and go, my God, listen to us. Okay. Listen to how bigoted we were. It's Federal being celebrated. Oh, hold on. There you go. It's being celebrated that somebody who donated $1,000 six years ago has lost their job now. So in addition of a ton of outrage by uh, gay groups and activists over Ike's donation. I, by the way, I hope that gay is currently the accepted term. I don't know if it's homosexual and I don't know it's queer. If it was queer, I feel uncomfortable. I don't know if black or colored is the correct term. I'm not quite sure what they want me to call them anymore. All I know is that they're colored or they're black. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that. If it was queer, I feel uncomfortable because it had been drummed in my head that queer is a slam. And I know now people use queer. I don't know if I'm allowed to use queer. I Can I say Negro? I don't know if I'm allowed to say Negro. I don't know if homosexual. It was not supposed to be gay because that was a slam. And so everybody was trained to use the word homosexual. But now everybody's being trained that I think, I think... The accepted word is gay. I don't know anymore. I thought I was supposed to call him colored. I thought that was polite. Because you keep changing all the rules. Depending on how you feel. Blaming them for the problem. Not him, not his inability to adapt, but putting them, projecting that onto them. Because you keep changing all the rules. Depending on how you feel. Or is it that it's not that you feel that way? It's that these groups are becoming a, a nothing but a terrorist organization. Oh! Just by changing the language, I can lose my job if I say homosexual or gay or queer. I could lose my job. And so you never know. And so you keep everyone in fear. Is that what it is? Or is it because something is really wrong here? What does that have anything to do with Mozilla CEO? Right. I know. And then interesting. But uh, I heard that, and I couldn't help but hearing it in, like, just different. Well, and you can insert, you know, Asian slang. Yeah. And, you know, my my wife's Korean, and she's heard all the words under the book. In the book, I should say. Uh, And under it. (laughs) And under it. So, uh I, I I do you, do you think let, let me let, let's bring it back to the okay, su- to subject the Mozilla here. CEO. Do you think that a contribution made by a CEO of a major company, whether it's Mozilla or whatever, actually let's bring this full circle and give some context here. The CEO of Mozilla was fired because OK Cupid, OK Cupid, which is an online dating site, which by the way there's some uh, uh, hypo- hypocritical information uh, about that in a moment. But OKCupid, okay, if you visited that website, now I wouldn't know. I read about this. I'm a happily married man. <laughs> but if you visited OKCupid.com okay, on Firefox, yeah. you were presented with a page right. that basically talked about how the moves, uh, this was written by OKCupid. Okay, I think they Cupid. all know the story. This well, like everybody I'm, knows I'm, this. I'm giving a little context. All right. All okay. right. All right. And, and so what happened was. Because of that, there was a backlash against the Mozilla CEO. He was eventually fired from the position. Actually, he wasn't fired. He he said he left on his own accord. The board didn't push him out. And he was a relatively new CEO. He just joined the company not too long ago. And very technically capable. Yes, very technically capable. Um, now, the ironic thing is the head of OKCupid also made a contribution to the 
proposition. I think it was a contribution or something like that. So, but he'd made some similar sort of political contributions, right? In the past. So you think so, he was capitalizing on a market opportunity? Oh, ex- sure. Put push sure. some publicity, get your name yeah. out there, and he sure did. Oh yeah. So what do you think? Do you think uh, a personal contributions of a CEO of a company? Let's say, for example. I, I won't put it in the uh, into, uh, into the anti-gay lobby or anything like that. But let's say, Chris, as CEO of Jupiter Broadcasting, you made a public contribution to the anti-marijuana lobby. Okay. And so uh, that's that's a bad. Con- uh, that's not even close. Uh, or, or I don't know. I mean, it's like, do, should it even matter? Should it even yeah, matter? Yeah. Was, here's what. Here's why. And unfortunately, you could be. Uh, you could be the guy at Fi- at the Mozilla's foundation who works on a Firefox's JavaScript engine, and it doesn't matter. When you're the CEO, it matters. It matters a lot, unfortunately. He wasn't CEO at the time. No, but it does matter. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, think about it this way. Would you want to work for Jupiter Broadcasting if uh, I was donating personally to the uh, defense fund for somebody who was a child rapist? No, that would, that would I mean, probably bother me. I mean, you can yeah. understand – and put it, then the reason why I bring it into that context is because think about it like this. Those people have to have faith in the person they're working for. Right. So if you don't have faith in me as a person to run this company, why the hell would you want to work for it? I think Eric, Erica Ike said, you know, anti-BSD lobby. Maybe it's a little bit right. better. <laughs> I guess see, what, what my point is, at the end of the day, their, their problem is twofold. Right. Um, it comes down to a, com- a, a corporate issue. Mozilla has a brand to project. All companies do. They have a brand to project. And Mozilla's and the brand, CEO is the head of that brand. Right. Right. It's a crucial part. I mean, this is why we've just watched Microsoft go through amazing acrobatics. And what has happened to Microsoft's image since Satya Nadella has taken over? It's gone up and up. I just saw a Business Week article on, on Sunday that said, in five days, Satya Nadella has, re- has transformed Microsoft and saved them. Oh, well, not, not only that. And, of that, course, it's, yeah. all, it's all things the bomber started years yeah, ago. Yeah. Right? But the thing is, is the CEO plays an absolutely critical thing. Look at Look at the narrative around Apple since Jobs has died. Look at the narrative that forced – the narrative around Balmer that forced him out of office, even though everything that just kicked ass that Microsoft just did a build – He was implemented. Balmer started it. Except for one thing. What? You know, uh, Nadala got rid of the uh, the forced ranking system. And he also – No. Stacked ranking has gone? Yeah, it's gone. No. No, it is. Really? Yeah. It's gone. That's that's huge. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. Really? Are you sure about that? I, I, I will, let me back up my you Google. Source. You Google. No, no, no. It. I, 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 no. I'm going to back that up, but it's true. Uh, anyways, but my point is, is so the CEO has a huge impact in the brand of a company, and so Mozilla's brand happens to be freedom for people and freedom for the web. And you can't really be like, hi, we're Mozilla. We want the web to be open and free for everyone, but we don't want personal relationships and people's freedom. We don't, we don't, we're not for that. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, it's just an impedance mismatch which, with their brand. And that, and that is a huge problem for the CEO. So that's problem number one. And I think that's the forefront problem that probably got, made him leave. Number two is you have to have people have confidence in you to be their leader. And if a large portion of your – and you got to think about people who probably work on Firefox, there's potential they might be more inclined to be open to those kinds of concepts and, and relationship styles. And so perhaps having a larger section or a larger group or a percentage of your company not have faith in you as a leader is detrimental to your ability to lead a company. So at the end of the day, that's the risk you take when you publicly fund and back something like this. You're, that's the dice you're rolling. That's what you're doing. And, and you know, sometimes it comes back to roost. I mean, that's, that's how the political donation system is. 
To back up. You got it there? My thoughts. All right. Oh, did you got... Okay, yeah, it is. Okay, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up on the feed for you, Chase. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, this was published November 12th, 2013 from The Verge. Microsoft axes its controversial employee ranking system. Uh, in a memo that was sent out to all global employees, this was... Uh, Sent from their HR department. But basically, they just said, uh, to all global employees, I am pleased to announce that we are changing our performance review program to better align with the goals of our one Microsoft strategy. The changes we are making are important and necessary as we work to deliver innovation and value to customers through more connected engagement across the company. Uh, But basically, here are the key points. No more ratings. No more curve. More emphasis on employee growth and development. More emphasis on teamwork and collaboration. Uh, and there's a lot of more, much, much more fluff within this uh, this article. But huh. basically, they got rid of it. It's gone. I mean, that's impressive. One of the things about that old force ranking system, which, by the way, my old company, the Nielsen Company, adopted that. Oh, model. it's the worst ever. It's the worst model because it, because of that model, I don't have a job today. And it it, it creates this system of like uh, a couple of people make it, and then everybody else. You like at some point, like you you might know, like oh, I'm here, screwed. I'm he, done. Here, here's a gr- here's the easiest way to break it down of how they did it, and it was affected by me as well. Say you have ten employees in your division, you have to give at least two employees. You are required to give two employees a top score of four. Right. On a four-point scale. Right. You are required to give two employees a one or a zero. Right. You are required. And the, and the ones the, at the top get the raise, right? Right. And so if they if two people get a raise up top, that means the people below them, there's less money for them to get a raise because that's how budgets work for departments right. and whatnot. So even if you are a stellar all-star employee, you could be given a one or a zero. Yeah. Just because. Just because you're the, they are is a forced ranking. Maybe you didn't work on the project that got the department a lot of attention this year, and the person who did because they were involved in that, they get right. the higher stack ranking. Yeah. They get the higher ranking. It from also your group. doesn't encourage collaboration. It doesn't encourage teamwork because if you're working with somebody, you could be splitting that rating with them instead of taking all the credit yourself. Well, and what does it do to the person who knows like something comes up and they know? Well, shit, I'm not going to be the person who gets that ranking. Do you just check out for the rest of the year? No, uh, you are you're looking. Uh, you are scared that you may not have a job. It seems like it seems like such an awful system. I can I can kind of see maybe on the surface maybe why it was a good idea, but it just seems in practice like it's just a recipe for awful. Yeah, even John C. Dvorak did a, an incredible article about the forced ranking system and how it would be the death of Microsoft if they continued it. Um, you know, one of the, this was one of the outgoing things that they were pushing ahead of Balmer's retirement. So I think one of the things that, uh, you know, like, for example, I think one of the reasons why Sache was picked as Microsoft CEO is because Chase, what did he come from before he became CEO of Microsoft? What was he doing at Microsoft? Didn't he come from Enterprise? And you know what in that area? This is a lot of people do know. I don't, I, I don't really you know what? I think well, here's what we'll do. Let's uh, let's ask the chat room because I think this could be a this could be a good one. So, uh, all right, uh, chat room. What was Satya Nadella's role at Microsoft before he became the new CEO? And you'll know why this is important at the end, because you'll see how it plays into the new brand that Microsoft is trying to establish. When We are now in a world where Windows is not the dominant operating uh, system. Go ahead and pull it. because I think Are you I know, sure, Chase? Yeah, I, I don't know, I, I, Chase. I think I remember. Go ahead and pull it. All right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Freedom 7 is saying cloud. That would be absolutely correct. He, yes, and yeah. in, in fact, came from the Azure department. Yeah. And this is part of the new brand that Microsoft wants to set forward for themselves. 
Uh, John Gruber was at the Build Conference that just wrapped up last week, and he recorded uh, an episode of his talk show with Ed Bott. And they talked a lot about how Microsoft is being very realistic about the fact that Windows is no longer going to be the dominant platform on all devices in terms of things that are relying on services on the web. It was a great talk that Ed Bott and Ed Gruber, because they're both coming from, uh, you know, Ed Bott has been covering Microsoft pretty much forever, since the early 90s. Gruber's been covering Apple pretty much forever, since before the iPhone was a thing. And so they're both very much entrenched in their camps, but yet they're kind of coming together in this one podcast and you can really see how Microsoft is so desperately now trying to set out a new image for themselves. And one of the key ways that they're doing this is by changing out the CEO. Um, and I think that's a huge that's a huge thing that has to have to you have to keep in mind when you look at this overall Mozilla situation. You can look at the politics of it as well, but there is genuinely a business situation here that you just cannot ignore. And at the end of the day, I think the Mozilla Foundation made the right call on this for their image. It is so important for their brand and the image. And I think they made the right call. Well, you know, also they made a great announcement with bringing in Phil Spencer as the new head of Xbox. You know, a guy that truly believes in gaming. And Are the we platform. back to Microsoft? Yeah, yeah. My, my, my yeah. Microsoft. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, some people were even talking about how Microsoft should kill off Xbox and sell it off. But I think you know that's one of the good things that the company yeah. has done. Yeah, it's part um, of their strategy now. And, and, you know, I gotta say, just like Bing is part of their strategy now. It's part of an information I mean, gathering you use system. Bing, you, instead of saying you should Google that, you should say you should Bing. No, it's no. Come on, it's not a good search engine. Let's not let's not exaggerate. Yeah, it's fair. still awful. Fair and it's enough. It's a copycat concept, and a Microsoft makes it adds to the to the overall narrative that Microsoft is not innovative. You know, one of the things but, that we do on the supporter show is we talk about stories, and I want to just give a brief story that something that happened. All right, to you me got today. a story for us? Chase? It's a Microsoft related right, story. It okay. happened today. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's lay it on me. All right. And so, then we'll do a CIA update. So don't worry, we're going to get back to the news. But yeah. tell me the Microsoft. Story. So you know, I you know, I'm I'm sitting at my desk and you know, I'm looking for work, and my phone's starts ringing and you know i have a, a, a you know one of those google phones chris and, it, and it's oh that's android yeah yeah and it's uh, and it has the caller id system so what if someone's calling you from an unlisted number it does a caller id switch and it tells you who's calling you and it's in microsoft corporation was calling me so i was just like i was like oh wow maybe they're, they're calling me about a job or something yeah right? like they kept my name on file yeah yeah so i picked up the phone Hi, this is blah blah from Microsoft Usability Research. Do you have a few minutes? And I'm like, sure. You know, and, and in our area, by the way, you guys, they do a lot of usability testing. Oh, I guess that's probably they probably don't do that everywhere, huh? No, no. That makes so much sense. I never thought about that. Yeah, so yeah, that's the thing they do here a lot. They do a lot here where they 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 call. They you. have like a whole they have like a whole building at the Microsoft right. campus where they bring people in. Yeah, you spend a couple hours, and then at the end, you get a Microsoft gratuity, which could be a game, an application, yeah, you know, th- something from Microsoft. And you go on their list too, and like if you do it a few times, like my grandpa. My grandpa has been doing this since the days of Windows 3. He you get has a copy of Windows. You got to get so, so much I stuff. had a copy. <laughs> I had a copy of every single Windows beta of every single OS they've ever done cuz he was always a beta tester and he would go in and talk about his stuff and Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting process. So she says, "Do you have a few minutes to answer some questions?" I'm like, "Sure, absolutely." And so she goes, "Okay, well, uh, we're doing usability testing on these dates. Uh, would you be available?" And I said, "Sure, absolutely." And she goes, "Okay, well, here's some questions for you. First off, uh, you know, um, Microsoft forbids any government employees. We can't give cash or gifts gratuities. Are you a government employee? I'm like, no. And she goes, and she asked me a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. And, and I and I flew them this one. She goes, okay, so, uh, so what is your job title? What do you do? Oh. And I said, uh, no, right now I'm not working. Did you say content producer for Jupiter Broadcasting? I did not. 
could have got a plug in there, Chase. I mean, in the meantime, if you don't got a job, you might as well give me a plug. I know, but I wasn't wearing pants at the time. So, oh, well, yeah. So anyway, uh, she goes, okay. Um, and then like there was a, a, like a, a long pause. And then she goes, well, um, I just wanted to let you know I'm sorry, but you do not qualify for the next usability study. I uh, just want to let you know you're still on the list, and uh, we'll call you back. If- now, hold on there. You think it was because you, you said you're that unemployed? That was the only question I didn't maybe after, she was looking for chicks no after after that after that i she she was a, there was a long pause awkward did it get because, awkward chase because here's what i think you made it awkward no I, I did not you're like I shit you are judging me that's what you were doing <laughs> and you made it awkward didn't well, no, you she did a follow-up she goes so you're unemployed and i'm like yes oh uh, to sort of like make sure she got that data point correct right and and then she then she go then there was the pause because, uh-huh. you know, typically when they ask you what your job title is... You say, what are you wearing? No. Then she goes, well, what industry is that in? You know, there's like a follow-up question or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Well, I tripped her up because I said I didn't work. And so she she couldn't move on to the next question. So I think there was a delay. And she goes, so you're unemployed? Because she selected that. And then she goes, I'm sorry, but you do not qualify for the study. Oh. Uh, now... Now, what did you get a sense for what product it was? No. No, because they don't... Yeah. They don't tailor. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... uh when I worked at uh, clients, I there was every now and then I would come across vendors who provided server hardware that were pretty tight with Microsoft, and so uh, I got in a few times on the Windows uh, server test because that was great for me because it kind of gave me an insight what was coming up for my clients and stuff like that, and they're really really nice. And then like one day they'll just drop you, and it's like okay, I guess, and I mean that's fine with me. I mean I'm done with that anyways. But it was just like. I kind of stopped shopping at one vendor, and then I kind of stopped hearing from them. And I always thought, like, that was a little strange. But Now, I know a lot of people in the chat room are yelling at me right now, <laughs> saying, you should have lied. You should have said Geek Gamer TV. You should have said Jupiter Broadcasting. You Content should've... producer at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Or, uh, or let's see, what would be a fancy way to say host? Like, uh, um, on-air personality. Contributing. Contributing. Whatever, but the thing is, you know, I, I, you know, I just tell the truth. You know, I'm sorry. I, I just say it like it was. Well, and you know who else says it like it is? Who? Uh, our old buddy. Uh, he used to, he used to be head of the NSA, but uh, he's no longer. He is retired, and now he goes on the air, and he says things about Diane Feinstein that get her quite fired up. Oh, she's getting fired up. Now. And, and this is in context of this report. We've covered it for a couple of weeks now. That the, uh, the it's a report on the CIA torture practices during Bush. And uh, specifically, it also involves an audit, and it then involves the CIA monitoring Senate investigators' computers. And so it's kind of gone out of control. And now we've had a little bit of name-calling and a little, perhaps, sexism, and Feinstein goes to the air to defend her name and honestly go on for quite a while. It's 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 pretty interesting to see where this is going. Something's really going to come to a head soon. Post.com. The Senate Intelligence Committee, in a bipartisan vote, has sent its controversial torture report on CIA interrogations during the Bush administration to President Obama for review and declassification, overriding objections from current CIA Director John Brennan. But in response, former CIA Director Michael Hayden suggested on Fox News Sunday this week that Intelligence Chair Diane Feinstein was somehow overreacting. Perhaps it's a woman thing? Oh. I, um, oh. I read an article wow. by David Ignatius earlier this week, and he said... He's Senator, a columnist for the Washington right. Post. And he said that Senator Feinstein wanted a report so scathing 
that it would ensure that an un-American, brutal program of detention and interrogation would never again be considered or permitted. Now, that sentence, that motivation for the report, Chris, may show deep emotional feeling on the part of the senator, but I don't think it leads you to an objective report. Senator Dianne Feinstein joins me now from Capitol Hill. I think, and this is your first uh, television response to that comment, Senator. I want to ask you, uh, where do we begin with that? What's your response to Mike Hayden? Well, I'll tell you where we begin. It's nonsense. It's kind of stereotypical. Uh, I think David Ignatius was incorrect and Hayden is incorrect. Let me give you how this began. It began in 12607 when the New York Times reported that the CIA destroyed evidence, namely videotapes. In December the 11th, Director Hayden appeared before our committee and said he would allow members and or staff to review operational cables, which he said were just as good. Jay Rockefeller was then the chairman of the committee. He, uh, on the 7th of uh, February of 08, uh, he assigned staff on February uh, 27th. The staff reported uh, and presented an interim report to the committee on the destruction of the tapes. The committee agreed to do a full review of the tapes. On March 5th, 2009, the committee voted 14 to 1 to do a comprehensive review of the Detention and Interrogation Committee. Let's have the record crystal clear. I never gave any direction to the staff. I just said we want the facts, and we want those facts footnoted. The one place I did give some direction was with respect to the CIA response to the reports. And I said, you will include their response where appropriate within the text of the report. And where not appropriate, you will note the response in a footnote to the report. And that has been carried on. I believe that when people see the report, and this report has been classified, uh, the 480-page summary and the conclusions uh, have now been voted upon to go for declassification. And I think this is kind of one of these interesting aspects to this is they've been slowly inching this thing through uh, threatening to declassify the summary of the report. It's sort of almost using it as leverage in this battle with the CIA. And as the CIA continues to stonewall and, and Brennan does not give in, they've sort of continued to sort of push it through the process to get it voted on. Meanwhile, Feinstein's been easily able to rally all of the Democrats on her side. So, you know, it's like it's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. It's pretty much had no problem. But Director Hayden, I do not believe, has seen the report. I don't believe most people who are talking about the report have actually seen the report. But the genesis of the report was back with the videotapes and back under then um, Chairman Rockefeller, who assigned staff, staff studied the operational cables, came back, reported to us. We took a look at that and said, both sides, we should move ahead and um, do a full study. Now, the full study, again, had a problem because later on the attorney general announced that he was going to do uh, an investigation 
into the deaths of some detainees. Uh, then people who were scheduled for interview, the interviews were made much more difficult. So this is actually new information. This is technically a leak. She is leaking that people died during these torture techniques, and she is also leaking other information about how the things were, how things were a little bit more intense than they were originally reported. This is all new, not unknown exactly, but it's the first time we've ever heard somebody at Diane Feinstein's level say them. Made much more difficult. What I want to say, and the Republicans pulled out of the report. Then we were faced with either stopping or continuing just with Democratic staff. And the decision was made to continue with Democratic staff. There are 150 interviews and transcripts. Now, what she just said there is that the Republicans have essentially aligned with the CIA and the Democrats are aligning with Feinstein. Now, do you have any suspicions as to why would the right be aligning with the CIA? Because the CIA seems to kind of be in the wrong here. They did some torture. That's against the law. They've done some, they've made steps to cover it up, i.e. they're given the finger to their overseers. So, and a lot of times and when it comes to that kind of stuff, that really pisses them off. They don't right. like that. Yeah. So why do you suppose folks on the right are not getting behind Feinstein on this? Got to be have something to do with these midterm elections. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I suspect it's some, because somebody being nominated in somewhere. It, it has to be loyalty to the Bush administration. Wow, because really? it was Cheney and Bush that were in power when these torture programs were pushed through by them. And so they have to con- continue that narrative that you know we still support it in uh, a way by by backing the like they're ba- maybe they're yeah. not necessarily backing the CIA, but they're backing what the decisions that administration made and they're backing Cheney still, in a sense? I don't know exactly. I'm just right. kind of yeah. spit on. There are 150 interviews and transcripts that were utilized in this report. They are quoted from, they are documented, they are footnoted. Now, this is an important part. What she's saying here is a lot of the information came from transcripts and notes. Now, Mike Rogers has argued that they have not actually interviewed anybody who was involved with these torture programs. A lot of this report just comes from transcripts. Were utilized in this report. They are quoted from, they are documented, they are footnoted, and many of them come from the CIA as well as the CIA Inspector General. When are we going to see the report? Do you have any... uh timetable of how long it's going to take for the president and his team and the intelligence community to declassify and make that summary public so yeah. we can all judge who's, well, my who's hope fair is, and right. My hope is that it will be a prompt, appropriate, and efficient declassification and that they will lightly redact it uh, because a uh, lot of time has gone by so uh, sources and methods are really not at stake. And now, let's keep that in mind. So she just said because so much time has gone by that certain sources and methods are not at stake, how much do you want to bet they go ahead and redact the S out of this thing? Right. are really not at stake and that people can see this summary, also see the conclusions that we came to. So you've just made it very clear that this all started under Jay Rockefeller when he was chair of the committee. Uh, he is a man. <laughs> Not given to being emotional, I guess, uh, as you as chair are. I mean, where do we come down in this day and age where a woman who is chair of the Intelligence Committee, because of seniority and expertise and all the rest that goes into that, gets accused of being emotional in having uh, 
worked on this report well, and, and that, that's basically I think an old, backed the staff on this uh, report. I think that's an all, old male fallback position. Oh. And there's no question that there are a lot of people out there. I suspect one of them is former CIA director Hayden that does not want the report to come out. So one of the things you do is uh, try to blur the reputation of someone connected with the report. Obviously, I'm the chairman of the committee. I'm connected with the report. I had a 40-minute speech findings. about it. I believe they're factual. I voted for declassification. I've been I leading the charge that on it that. Should, we should be transparent. And I firmly believe I'm that this report <laughs> will serve a very positive public good. I'm going to teach the these efforts. Not we should point out that your me. Republican yep. counterpart, uh, Saxby Chambliss, also voted for declassification. He had some issues with the content, but he voted to proceed. That's correct. Diane Feinstein, thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. for being thank with you us very today. Much. Right. Bye bye. You know, we get emotional, Chris. You know, I get emotional. Sometimes I get a, I get accused for being too emotional, <laughs> right? I mean, we've we've seen the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it because I'm a man? <laughs> yes, I think it is. Is it also because, uh oh, I, I don't have a job, Chris? Oh no! I'm getting too emotional. Uh, so I think this is. I think. W- obviously, Hayden uh, doesn't want this report to come out because he was around when some of these things were going down. Uh, and I, by by what he said, he just gave Feinstein the most amazing opportunity to come in there and one-two punch this situation. I can't believe he opened his dumb trap like that. Now, Rogers, you know, our buddy Mike Rogers, remember how I talked about, oh, this was a supporters-only show thing. But we, 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 we introduced uh, Dutch to the cast. Dutch Ruppersberger will be taking over for Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers is retiring and becoming a radio host. Oh my God, I wish I was kidding, but it is true. And uh, so almost like almost like why we have Chase on Linux Unplugged, like we're introducing a new host. Now Dutch goes on the Sunday shows with Mike together and like they're setting him up for the transition. So Mike and Dutch sit down, they're talking to Candy and Mike says, look, y'all, this torture stuff is important. But, you know, like, Russians sometimes, when they're interrogating people, they cut their ears off, so we didn't do that. Let me move you on to another big sort of blockbuster story that happened this week, and that is uh, the beginning, perhaps, of a road where parts of a Senate Intelligence Committee report on the CIA um, program post-9-11 on on prisoner interrogation. Uh, Dianne Feinstein said about this report, The results were shocking. The report exposes brutality that stands in stark contrast to our values as a nation. It chronicles a stain on our history that must never be allowed to happen again. Do you agree with all of that, part of it, any of it? Uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Dianne Feinstein. We work very closely together on a lot of national security issues. She's emotional, This report, I, I just have some differences of opinion. The methodology of the report, you can't spend that much time uh, and not interview one person involved in the program and come to the right conclusion. Remember, Diane said it was based on transcripts, so he kind of has a point here. However, I mean, what is he saying? They don't take good notes? They don't do good documentation? yeah. What's wrong? And so I worry a little bit about its timing of release. Remember, we haven't done this since 2004. The program went away in 2006 completely. So if we just don't talk about it, it's okay. I mean, it didn't ha- it's, it's not, not happening. It's not happening. It's a while anymore. ago. Let's not talk about it. That's, that was in the past. 
Uh, and we have real problems today. Remember, the, the Russian uh, intelligence services are cutting oh, people's oh. ears off and putting knives at 85-year-old men's throat uh, <laughs> to get them in line in places around the world. That's where we need our intelligence services to focus. Sure, but can't, I, they can't. I, I like, oops, oh, not that button. Sorry, wrong everybody. soundboard. I, it's like, uh, hold on, what is he? I, I, I got to hear this again because it almost sounds like he's saying our intelligence agencies ought to take note. Uh, and we have real problems today. Remember, the, the Russian uh, intelligence services are cutting people's ears off and putting <laughs> knives at 85-year-old men's throat uh, to get them in line in places around the world. That's where we need our intelligence services to focus. Sure, but yeah, guys, can't you do that? Can't you focus on that? Come on, that's kick. That's Putin's awesome. That's where we need our intelligence services to focus. Sure, but can, they can't. Can the CIA, if it was as brutal, they also said that the CIA, the, this report apparently says that the CIA misled you all about the nature of this program, of oh, the, that, um, that it was far more brutal uh, than well, uh, lawmakers were led to believe who have oversight. Well, in the first place, we can't have any of the agencies that we oversee, whether it's CIA and NSA, mislead us. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. First Although, thing. now I'm going to apologize for them for the next 10 seconds. Can we oversee, whether it's CIA and NSA, mislead us. That's the first thing. Uh, the type of, of th terrorist... Uh, not terrorist. The type of information. I like that he just defaults to terrorist. Like that's like when 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 the man has to pause. The first word right terrorist. off the tongue. Terrorist. Terrorist. Or 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 nine eleven. Terrorist. Nine eleven. Terrorist. Nine eleven. Terrorist. Terrorist. Uh, not terrorist. The type of information <laughs> that is coming in. Whoops. How that we uh, take prisoners and what we do to. Oh, them. I used to go uh, off if, script. If there are certain things that have occurred where where it's torture involved, that's not who we are as a country. No. But the most important thing that we need to look at the past, the history. And make sure we make don't make the same mistakes in the future, and what? that's what we're really doing here. And I do also respect Diane Feinstein. What? She's a great American. She stands strong for what she believes in. What? And and but let's get the facts. The most important thing: the Attorney General right now has the the case to look at what, these allegations that are out there. Let's get the facts, and then we can make decisions. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the the leader of of your party, Congressman Ruversberger, um, I asked her about this report and, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the things that are in it, and I, she has said, look, this goes to higher-ups here. They're responsible for this. And I said, who is that? And she said, Dick Cheney. <laughs> that's what it's about right Dick, there. Dick Cheney. I wonder if that's why we've seen Dick on the uh, Fox News a lot more these days. Yeah. I want to go hunting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I, I got a clip I want to play. I want to play this because it kind of gives you insight into how the CIA used to work back during the Cold War. And now oh. that we're kind of entering a new Cold War. See what they're doing now. Well, yeah. So this gives you, I think a lot of times you can look to history to get insights into what's happening today. This, my friends, is a little trip down memory lane. For more than 50 years, the CIA kept a literary secret. This morning, we're learning how the agency used a classic novel to subvert the Soviet Union. Margaret Brennan is in Washington with a look at how pop culture became a Cold War weapon. Margaret, good morning. Good morning to you. Well, the Cold War was a class of ideology as much as empire. And according to 130 what? newly declassified ideology. CIA documents, the agency adopted some unusual tactics to infiltrate the Soviet Union, including covertly publishing copies of banned literary works like Dr. Zhivago by Boris Pasternak. The novel written by Boris Pasternak Dr. Zhivago. and the 1965 film adaptation tells the story of Yuri Zhivago, a poet whose faith and creativity is squashed during the Russian Revolution of 1917, which helped bring the communists to power. 
During the real-life Cold War, the Kremlin banned it. That's when the CIA quietly published and distributed it as anti-Soviet propaganda. A recently declassified CIA memo, excerpted in the soon-to-be-published book The Zhivago Affair, explains their intent. We have the opportunity to make Soviet citizens wonder what is wrong with their government when a fine literary work by the man acknowledged to be the greatest living Russian writer is not even available in his own country. There's nothing that the Kremlin hated more than this particular book. In order to avoid detection, the CIA asked the Vatican to secretly hand out oh. copies to thousands of Soviet citizens at the 1958 World's Fair. That was an extremely effective CIA campaign. I mean, the propaganda value was immense. Um, all over Russia, word of Pasternak's work started being talked about. It was being smuggled in. The so-called Zhivago affair was only one example of how the U.S. government used art or culture to undermine the Soviet Union. In the early 50s, a young Ronald Reagan promoted Radio Free Europe. The crusade for freedom is your chance and mine to fight communism. So you know about RT, right? Yeah. You know that we also continue to have uh, Radio America and other like broadcast television services that are essentially our version of RT, and just but they're in other countries. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, I think a lot of people don't realize that we get with with uh, what's her face resigning. RT got a lot of crap, but we do the same thing. This is a little trip down that memory lane when Reagan was the face of that yep. initiative. Radio Free Europe. The crusade for freedom is your chance and mine to fight communism. Paid for by the U.S. government, it broadcast American culture and music to people inside the Soviet bloc. Another program paid jazz musicians to tour and perform to showcase the creativity and glamour of American artists. Historian Douglas Brinkley... So I want to make it clear there. They're saying that they worked with famous musicians. So, yeah. So what you're saying now with the Cold War 2.0 is they're going to be sending, you know, podcasters <laughs> and journalists to and Russia Bieber. And, and Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, is that on the same to bus? the creativity and glamour of American artists. Historian Douglas Brinkley says that the impact of art, Yuri. even novels like Dr. Zhivago, is powerful. Pasternak's voice continues to live for the ages because it's a humanitarian voice. It's not a voice of totalitarianism. And many people in the world believe that great art will outlive dictators. For years, there have been rumors about the CIA's role in publishing Pasternak's novel. The author himself Philly wasn't sure how his book ended up printed in Russian, since no publishing house had ever agreed to do so. Ah, Nora? Fascinating, and now we know. That Margaret was Brennan, thank you so much. Yeah, but you know, yeah. conspiracy theorists are just really a bunch of lunatics. I don't yeah, know they're, why they're, they're crazy, because you know, they come up with these especially ideas Especially with that conspiracies are so... about the CIA. Like, they would go to all that trouble to print a book. What That's a bunch so, of morons. That is so far-fetched. I cannot believe you would even say something like that. So. Yes. I want to play an association game with you. If I say Arab Spring, what do you think of? Uh, crystal clear water. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, that's fine. I'm just. That's what you think of. That's fine. I think of the revolution spread via social networks. I think of the Arab Spring organizing via Facebook and Twitter. Chris, put your pants back on. Uh, so this is a story about how the U.S. government attempted to construct a fake Twitter in Cuba to incite revolt. Oh. Yeah. An investigation by the Associated Press has revealed that the U.S. government has 
once again tried to steer protest in Cuba by creating a messaging network which was designed to become the Cuban Twitter. The social network based on text messages was launched four years ago and was called Zunzuneo. Now at the time, nobody knew that the program was conceived in Washington and carried out by the U.S. Agency for International Development. The Associated Press investigation reveals that, the, that extensive efforts were undertaken to conceal the true nature of Zunzuneo using offshore bank accounts, front companies, and overseas servers. The AP quoted a 2010 memo from a contractor involved in the initiative as saying, there will be absolutely no mention of United States government involvement. This is absolutely crucial for the long-term success of the service and to ensure the success of the mission. The mission being... Cuban Spring, of course. Apparently, the idea was to create a service that would carry neutral content at the beginning, but Cuban once Spring. it gained enough subscribers, that's when it would be used for political purposes. The AP quotes another document saying, mock ad banners will give it the appearance of a commercial enterprise. All right, let that soak in just for a second. Let so they put, they put ads on the website just to make it look like it was a startup trying to make money. So they're like, let's put ads on there to, to trick them. Like, they put ads on there to trick them. Will give it the appearance of a commercial enterprise. You can't see any of it now because the program was shut down two years after its creation. Not clear exactly why. Some sources have said because of lack of funding or maybe because of lack of efficiency. Because they just switched to Twitter? Lack of efficiency. So there are still questions. At its peak, though, the network had around 50,000 subscribers. And for a while, many unsuspecting Cubans kept guessing why their new free messaging service stopped working all of a sudden. Oh, yes, by the way, apparently the initiative also appears to have had a surveillance dimension to it, according oh, to the AP. Contractor weird. Mobile Accord began building a vast database about the Zunzuneo subscribers, assessing their, quote-unquote, receptiveness and political tendencies. <laughs> well, now that these subscribers know who was really behind the service, the White House says they were not trying to dupe anybody at all. They were just being, quote-unquote, discreet. Here's Jay Carney saying, of course the government has taken steps to be discreet, but this is not unique to Cuba. No. We're discreet everywhere. Subscribers. <laughs> uh, well, she is Russian after all. Be gentle on her, boys. I'll be gentle. So we just have a couple of last clips to, to, to take us out of here. Uh, Chase, yeah. uh, I will let you pick. Okay. Normally I would ask the chat room, but I think today I'm going to let you pick. Oh, thanks, Chris. You have a couple of choices. Okay. Um, I have one mandatory clip. It's only uh, let's play this one first. Uh, turns out uh, we've we've been discussing dis, uh, arming the Syrian rebels. Yeah. Uh, now uh, turns out we've been doing it the whole time. Now developing story this evening: Syrian rebels have reportedly rolled out the big guns, and it appears they're made in America. Security sources claim Washington's been secretly supplying advanced anti-tank missiles to what they consider moderate militant groups. Let's get some live comment on this. Find out what's happening. Munipur Nyers in New York with the details. If this is true, how much of a game changer is it going to be? Oh, it's huge. Well, if these reports are true, it would be a significant, if not the biggest, game changer for the Syrian conflict. Here is why. The weapon we're talking about is a heavy anti-tank, optically tracked, wire-guided BGM-71 Tau. Wait, now, this wait, monster wait, wait. of a U.S. weapon can... You know, I play a lot of Battlefield, Chris. Okay. And that's... <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, hold on. Hold on a second. You're right, Chris. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I play... 
I play a lot of Battlefield 4. You know that. I, I mean, you know, I play every night. I, you know how I know that? How I you, follow you on Twitter. How yeah. would I do that? If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. Oh. You know, I tweet out when I go and play video games online. Uh, you know, I do that as oh. a part of Geek Gamer TV as Didn't well. Didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and by the way, you know, I sometimes I see you tweeting out things on, on the new studio. Where, where do you uh, do oh. that? Oh, Chris L-A-S. Chris Thanks L-A-S. Thanks for asking. Hey, no problem. And yeah. you do that in 140 characters or less? Generally. Okay. So, you know, I was playing Battlefield 4, and, you know, that weapon is a phenomenal weapon. It's great for <laughs> knocking out tanks. Really? It's really, really good. So they're hooking them up, is they're, what you're saying. They are hooking them up majorly. Okay. ...of a U.S. weapon can pierce through 50 millimeter thickness of yeah. Syrian tank armor and Syrian fortifications from four kilometers away. Yep. Now, according to Depco File, an independent news website, the advanced U.S.-made weapon is in the hands of two rebel groups, the Free Syrian Army and the Free uh, Syrian Revolutionary Front. Oh, so, you know, just a few groups. Yeah. Now, okay, I have one last clip. It's a mandatory clip, and then I'm, then it's Chase's choice oh, before oh, we wrap okay. up. All okay. Right. All right, fair enough. So, uh, our our old, actually, your friend, I don't know him, but you remember your, friend. your buddy Petraeus, who... Oh, uh, oh the general. I, yeah. I, I call him the general. He got, got, he got busted with Paula, his yeah. biographer. Yeah, you know, she had some guns. You know, it's been interesting, though. We haven't really been hearing much from him. Uh, and now we find out maybe something's been keeping General Petraeus, who used to be head of the CIA, quiet. The attorney general is also part of a very complicated case involving one of America's most decorated military leaders. Chief Intelligence Correspondent Catherine Herridge is here with that story. Good evening, Catherine. Well, thank you, Shannon. Two years after the FBI began investigating former CIA Director David Petraeus, Attorney General Eric Holder confirmed today that the case remains open amid allegations it's being used as leverage to silence the retired general. Oh, Case still open. All I can say is that this is an ongoing investigation. I'm really not in a position to say uh, much more about it than that. Turtles. And Petraeus <laughs> resigned as CIA director in November 2012 over his affair with biographer Paula Broadwell. A leading House Republican wrote to Holder about the case earlier this year and got no answer. Hey girl. Telling Fox News at the time he worried the White House was holding the investigation over Petraeus's head to keep him quiet about a wide variety of issues, including Benghazi. Today, when asked by Congressman Jason Chaffetz about the letter and the investigation status, Holder said he could not remember key dates and facts, nor comment extensively. Is that really fair to have somebody who's been touted as one of America's greats having this hang over his head for two years? When do you anticipate closing this off? So that's a very legitimate, a very legitimate question. Illegitimate legitimate question. It's going to be complete. Um, it is a matter that is ongoing that we are working diligently to uh, resolve. And you, do you have any idea when the president was told? Uh, uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't remember right now. Oh, right now. Petraeus has spurned media requests since resigning and most recently was in the news after he gave a glowing endorsement to a new biography about Hillary Clinton. What? Quote, she'd make a tremendous president. In the wake of the Benghazi attacks, for example, she was extraordinarily resolute, determined and controlled. When asked whether the administration would pursue the unauthorized disclosure of classified information, if that was true in the Petraeus case, given the White House's unprecedented pursuit of national security leaks, spokesman Jay Carney referred all questions to the Justice Department. Shannon. Catherine, thank you. So I noticed some folks in the chat room are not familiar with who she is or what the story is. Uh, I would I would definitely encourage you to listen through the unfiltered back catalog because you will have the advantage now of hearing this story 
with the foresight that the NSA is reading people's emails and collecting metadata on the internet? Because when this story broke, you have to remember that they caught this by going through their Gmail accounts. They got these guys having an affair by reading their Gmail accounts. Yeah. And now that we have this this NSA, all of these Edward Snowden disclosures after all of this, if we had had this story break now, today, we would just assume the NSA would have been involved in looking in their inbox. That's right, yeah. But back then, that wasn't a story. No. So we didn't have that bit of context. So I would encourage you to go back to the back catalog of Unfilter and watch all of it because the entire process and story was very fascinating. And yeah. now, what do you think, Chase? Do you think they're... Do you think maybe the Obama administration or or somebody is applying pressure to keep this story open so that way maybe he can't run for president? Because remember we had that clip where – remember when we played that clip that Murdoch wanted to run him for president? Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. And uh, for those who don't know, Paula Broadwell uh, was the biographer who worked with General David Petraeus in writing this book. This I cannot make up this title. It's called All In. Turns out Petraeus was All, all In. in. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's an incredible story. They would uh, go on a run, and then they would get back, and they would they would f. That was their thing. Yep. So <laughs> I <laughs> I love the sound. They can. Oh my god! They'd be all sweaty, and then they get <laughs> then they get in the shower together. Oh god, Chris, this is this is this is just telling you that's what that's what came out later. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> But you should you should go back to the back catalog and check that out. All yeah, right, Chase. It's so. a good back catalog. Okay, Chase, now stand by. I have a very special selection for you. That is the end of the show, and it is Ask the Chase, what clip should we play? All right. All okay, right. Chase. What are my choices? You have the option of nursing home hire strippers for residents, <laughs> or the end of Windows XP will be trouble for all... And this is uh, coming right oh. from CBS News, so you oh. know it's going to be good, Chase. Oh, God. So tell me when you're ready me to, oh. when you want me to pull it. I'll pull oh, it. Oh, God, this is so tough. So, nursing home hires strippers no, for residents. Is this male strippers or female strippers? This makes a difference for me. Male. We're going with XP. However, I do have... Okay. okay. Going right. XP. Okay, so well, you didn't pull the lever. Pull the lever. Okay. Uh, X, X. Oh, uh, I didn't get the triple X's, so I got to go with XP. XP, this should be torture. All right, so here it is. CBS warns the public about the end of Windows XP. Tonight at midnight, Microsoft will pull the plug on technical support for its Windows XP operating system. XP was introduced in 2001. Since then, Microsoft has launched four new operating systems, but a lot of people still rely on XP. Here's Anthony Mason. Go, Anthony, go. At the donut plant in New York City, the cash <laughs> registers still run on Windows XP. Ew. I haven't had a need to change. No. Because it didn't break. Chief Operating Officer Casey Salazar isn't alone. Up to 25% of consumers and businesses, including CBS News, are estimated to still be using the 12-year-old operating system. But Microsoft, on its website, is counting customers down to zero hour at midnight tonight. Does that mean that the machine's going to blow up? Not necessarily. But Ismael Matos, a tech expert with the electronics chain Best Buy, oh, says it oh, will mean God. an end. You think this is a promotional plug? I wonder if there's like some uh, cross shareholder pollination. No, 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 here. no. I don't think. I don't think so. I think what happens is, wait, man, we need a tech expert. Oh crap! There's Best Buy right over there. Let's just go over there real quick. An end to security updates and patches to fix software bugs. You risk identity theft. 
You know, it's being that you're not going to be protected against the newest vulnerabilities. You know, it can make it very easy for somebody to hack in and steal your information. But the donut plan you is You are retarded, with- sir. You are freaking retarded. Well, I mean, it's no. true that if you have an unpatched operating system, there will be yeah, more but- exploits for malware to take advantage of to steal your yeah, information. But, but the, the exploits only occur is if you're stupid enough to do certain things. Well, yes. The compu- if the computer's sitting there with... With an antivirus or some sort of firewall well, situation. Well, that's not necessarily true. Doesn't XP come with a firewall? Could, well, no, but okay. So you're in your web browser. The web browser uh, takes advantage of a zero day in Flash, which happens okay. all the time, or right. Java, which all your Minecraft fans have installed. Okay. And it installs some malware at the system level that the, the antivirus... See, the antivirus uh, addresses the system via a set of APIs that the operating system makes available. What if that system, for example, that system like this cast register... Is just running XP as an operating system, but they don't go to the web. They don't do a web browser. You know, it's just being used as an operating I, system. I, 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 you know, one of a, a past client of mine. It's a burger chain that I try to get you to go to all the time, but you're a jerk and you won't go to. You know what? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. They run XP on all of their registers. Okay. They used. I I was their support guy for years. And the thing is, is personally, I find it to be extremely offensive. I find it to be hostile. I find it to be customer hostile. You don't respect me enough to maintain your systems to make sure that my information is secure. Then screw you. Why do I want to give you my information and my business? Screw you. I mean, I think it is their responsibility as somebody who is taking credit card transactions to run an operating system that is at least being supported by the vendor. Because here's what happens. Okay. is this, We just watched it happen with Target. Right. Target was exploited. By the attackers coming in via their HVAC vendor's connection to the be- to the network. Okay. Then they deployed software on Windows XP-like point-of-sale systems. They read the RAM from the XP point-of-sale systems, captured the credit card information from RAM, and then sent them back to the attackers. And that's what they used to steal the credit card information. Okay. And that's the problem when even if they're not browsing the web or anything like that, somebody comes in through an HVAC VPN and installs malware on the point-of-sale system and reads the RAM, and that just happened. This isn't. That's not fake. That's not theoretical. That's not a conspiracy theory. So, that's so what happened that, to Target. So is that going to happen to this local donut shop? It could happen... It, it, there's nothing stopping from happening on a massive scale. I mean, it could be individually but you, targeted. But you know, as a small business owner, you know, updating operating systems and that that, that costs money. There's sure. overhead. I there. agree. I agree. Yeah. It is, but it is part of the cost of doing business. No, I, mean, I agree. When I hired Rekai, I bought him a brand new iMac, fully loaded with licensed versions of the software. Yeah. And I don't have the money to do that, but because I'm trying to run an operation here, I did it. Yeah. I spent the money. Do you think part of this piece, and I know we got a little bit more to play, but do you think part of this piece is uh, slash fear, yes. slash, slash, you know, poking fun at Microsoft for pulling the plug on these people? Uh, do you think? Uh, I don't. I mean, I mean, I don't blame Microsoft for saying no. this is it. We got to move on. It's been years. It's we got to move on. Yeah, I think. Um, I I don't I don't think there's a particular agenda behind it, other than just the fact that it's sort of an acknowledgement that. It sort of plays into the overall cyber threat thing that's always the, in the narrative. Just yeah, not to, I mean that I you feel need like to call Geek Squad. I feel like we've said narrative like ten times this episode. You got to call Geek Squad. Well, I didn't say narrative. So no, I, well, you just said narrative. No, I didn't say narrative twenty times this episode. I mean, I'm not going to continue saying the narrative. Just the narrative of this, of this episode is going to become narrative. No, I'm not saying the narrative here. This is like the news narrative show. This is not the narrative. Now continue this narrative piece about XP. All right. You risk identity theft. 
you know, being that you're not going to be protected against the newest vulnerabilities, you know, it can make it very easy for somebody to hack in and steal your information. But the donut plant is sticking with old reliable XP, hoping the if it ain't broke, don't fix it strategy doesn't come back to bite it. Tech consultant Bob Farkas. We've heard of Target and so many other businesses being hacked into. <laughs> wow. So it's, it's very important that the um, computers are always running the latest updates and security patches and things like that. XP is used to run everything from power plants to doctor's <laughs> offices. As of last year, 95% of all ATMs ran on XP. And by today, it's estimated less than 20% will have upgraded. All right, so Chris. Anthony, thanks very much. So Chris, here's the deal. Since we know, no, we now know that XP is no longer supported officially. Should I be, when I go to a business and they run my credit card and I see that they're using a point of sale system that's running XP, should I? Yes. I think you should. Should I not buy it? No, I think you should say, did you know that this is vulnerable to getting information stolen from it? And I don't mean to like overplay the cybersecurity thing, but honestly, I do TechSnap every single week, and every single week, people who do not manage this stuff, and honestly, it does not take that much. If you, It's just as you roll it out, you roll out the support infrastructure for it. Now, to be clear, Microsoft is still offering quote-unquote support, but at a, at a huge price. Right. They get to set some arbitrary price, so yes. that way they can provide arbitrary support for something that they're going to probably develop anyways with an existing set of people that they already have. And they will set a price for bits that have supposedly expired, but they will continue to support. Now, I heard a rumor that the good news is if, if people want to get off of XP, Microsoft is giving people Vista. Is that true? <laughs> hey oh, Chase. hey oh. Uh No. That's no. not true. No, that is not true. That is not true. No. I, I swear, I've received some reports from independent sources uh, that that is not happening. Oh, my gosh. It's Anderson Cooper, everybody. All right, Chase. Now, before we get out of here, yeah. uh, I want to take care of a couple of bits of business. First of all, where is that unfiltered subreddit at? Since we are doing technically an episode today. Yeah, that's right. Even so, though I don't know if you can call it that. So, uh, you know, every show, uh, towards the end of the show, we uh, always key you in on what's happening on our unfiltered subreddit. Head over to unfiltered.reddit.com where you can submit stories, upvote, downvote, comment, and just be a part of the communication process. Now, we make predictions. Or actually, I make predictions about How much where longer, the show. Chase? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but Chris, I, I'll tell you right now. Yes. I'll tell you right now. No more waiting. It is. Are you ready for it? This what was is the uh, what was the breaking number? news. This is CNN breaking news. Uh, you said we would reach one thousand two hundred and forty-four. Well, guess what, Chris? We beat it by. Hold five. on, Chase. Uh, but before oh, wait. you oh, wait, Fox News alert. Uh, before you tell me how much. Before you tell me how many uh, new subscribers. Oh, uh, I already we have a special. Fox News Alert, we want to let you know that we did break that number. We're now going to go live to Chris in the newsroom. Uh, Chris, uh, we have information that the unfiltered subreddit has now broken the last prediction. Is that correct? Oh, I don't know. Actually, uh, I was just hoping we would get satellite contact with our correspondent, Chase, who is currently at the Reddit headquarters. Yes, Chris, I'm, I, I can hear you. Yes, go ahead. Uh, hi, Chase. Uh, I was wondering, uh, have you gotten a total number that we have now reached for unfiltered.reddit.com? Do you hear yourself com? back in the uh, IFB? No. Uh, okay, damn it. You are on uh, the air right now. Okay, hold on. Yes, we have. Uh, yes, we. Yes, Chris, we have. Yes, Chris, we have beat the number. It is one thousand two hundred and forty-nine. We have beat the number. Nice. It very is very, good. very exciting. Did you uh, want here to, at Reddit headquarters? Chase, Chase, 
Um, Chase. Chase. Yes, yes, Chris, go ahead. Yes. Chase, I don't know if you can hear me, but did you want to make a... Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yes, Chase, did you want to make a predict... Yes. Did you want to make a prediction for episode 92? Yes, Chris. Uh, yes, uh, we're going to make... Yes, we're going to make a, a a prediction for episode 93. Uh, the, the prediction uh, will be 1,250. No, 1,260. 1,260, Chris. That is going to be the new prediction for the next episode of Unfilter, which will be next week, next Wednesday, at 6 p.m. Pacific time. This is CNN's Wolf Blitzer, and you're in the Situation Room. Chris Fisher here, happening now, standing in for Wolf Blitzer. We have a recommendation and a prediction. Go over to unfiltered.reddit.com. That is the recommendation. The prediction, 1,260 new subscribers to unfiltered.reddit.com. That's where you can go over there make a contribution to this show. Even if you can't support us financially, you can help us by voting up and down, submitting stories, adding your insights and comments, additional links, alternative viewpoints, all of that. Unfiltered.reddit.com. I'm Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> That's a, such a. I'm Wolf Blitzer. It's a, you know, they're, if they're not talking about airplanes, I don't care, Chase. You know what? I all I know is when I want an update of what's happening with some black boxes pinging in the ocean. <laughs> you know where to go. I don't go you? to CNN, the first source of news. Oh my gosh, That's the only place you can go. We went, we were having wings, and the only thing they were talking about that entire time we were eating wings was airplanes. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Remember, they did have a cutaway. They did have a. Uh, there was did like they? remember there was a delay. There was like one story that they cut away from. Oh, yeah. Remember oh, the, the the trial, the, the trial, the trial, the the, yeah. the, the Blade Runner, yeah. the, uh, not Petraeus trial, the no, uh, no. Uh, Petru- what's his name, the guy that killed people. <laughs> no, he killed his wife. I don't know. He mistaked her or whatever. It all, it all, it all. It just was South together. Africa. It was the Blade guy. Dude. All right. Is there anything else we want to tell people about before we get out of here? This no. Week? I just want, I we already told people we're going to be back here next Wednesday yeah. evening, six p.m. Pacific. And if you haven't become an um supporter, uh, unfiltered supporter yet, yeah, an yeah. unsupporter, don't do that. We have video versions, including the video of the nursing home who's hiring strippers for their residence since we didn't get to play that one we do have that in the supporter sink uh one final, i hooked you guys up you know one final note uh that I, that i want to say before we get out of here you know growing up i was a big big uh Ninja passion- turtles fan no i was a big <laughs> wrestling fan oh are you serious no i was growing up i was a big wrestling fan <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't mean to laugh. No, no, no. This is actually a sad story. I know, uh, I know where you're going. But, uh, but I just love that you loved wrestling. I did when I was a kid. Oh, come yeah, on, when little, you're a kid, right? When what you're a little kid, kid you're did... totally bummed right now. It's just not now at all. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a little boy, I was a big Hulk Hogan. And by ulti- little boy, he means right now. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior fan, and over the weekend, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, which by the way, uh, the, the 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 wrestler. As the Ultimate Warrior, changed his name legally to the Ultimate Warrior. That's impressive. Yeah, respect for that. Respect. Uh, He was inducted into the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame on Saturday. He was at WrestleMania on Sunday, and also on Monday Night Raw on Monday. And he died yesterday. The Ultimate Warrior was totally awesome. 
Uh, you know, just the, the the wrestling match between him and Hulk Hogan, which I know it's all predetermined and all prescripted. Hey, hey Chase. But it was a lot of fun if to If you check your contract, we we do have a clause in there. Only 20 seconds are allowed on air per year about wrestling. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, Ultimate Warrior, amen. Yeah. You know, way to go out on top, obviously. Uh, but it's, yeah, very true. Very, yeah. Good point there, Chase. Yeah. Uh, all right, I want to just remind you guys uh, the music this week was brought to you by Soma FM. Yeah, Soma and they're trying FM. to raise twenty seven k this month to keep them on the air. That's about thirteen hundred dollars a day for the next twenty one days. Yeah. We'll have a link. You can go to Soma. That's S O M A F M dot com slash support. And uh, in 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 homage to the now, I guess late NSFW show, we'll go out with broke. For free is the name of the group, and calm the F down. Only the F is spelled out. Calm the F down. Thank you, everybody, for joining this week on the Unfiltered Supporter Show and AKA Unfiltered. Right. 91, 92. And we, I don't know what's going to happen next week because the studio bill's still going on like crazy. Oh, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's going to be awesome when we get it all done. But until then, we will see you right back here next, next week. week.